0: What is good, peeps? Welcome to an indefatigable artist. Just wake and be. I am your host, Blease. Just a human being a multimedia artist in the 21st century. Just a friendly reminder that it's free to support. A like, comment, or a share goes a long way. You can always check out more at blease.com and sign up to the free newsletter soft cover novels audiobooks and ebooks are available there as well thank you episode 8 read if you please read if you please even if nothing else but for greed does 2.2 trillion dollars a year tickle your fancy Today's episode is about Read Across America Day, started in 1998 and has been held every year since on March 2nd, Dr. Seuss's birthday. 1998 also happens to be the same year I was given a book for my third grade teacher, Miss Coleus, and it was... um the book that, that really changed everything for me, looking back along my artistic, creative path. It really was just such a profound moment, um, interacting with that book. I was eight years old, um, reading Harry Potter for the first time and being taken away into this other world. Um, you know, I'd, read before then, but that was the first moment where I was really captivated and, and swept away into another world. Um, and it was a, a a real profound moment. (laughs) Um, uh, and especially looking back as an artist and, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, according to the group that started this annual celebration, the national education association, we celebrate the books that inspire our children to dream big expand the limits of their understanding and explore diverse perspectives and cultures through the eyes of others which is exactly what i try to do with the blissful journey novel series to explore Diverse perspectives and cultures through the eyes of others. I really wanted readers to see and experience something that was alien to them, yet familiar. I wanted to alienate the reader, and it really starts with that first poem in the first novel. It's the first thing you read as you open that first novel in the series. Reality, what is it? Living in dreams, what is in between? Come on in, let's all see. Gather around, let's all breathe. Surpass normality, living in our own universe. In a foreign being's eye, we may not be fit. This is my bliss, exposed for the first time. I hope it's ready. Are you? I really wanted to, to cross that, that fourth wall a bit to really address each and every reader. In a foreign being's eye, we may not be fit. What is foreign to you may not be foreign to me and vice versa. It's about opening your mind to all of the possibilities and reading does just that. And for this annual day, Read Across America, I looked up some startling facts about America's literacy rate. Gallup estimates that America's adult literacy rate costs the United States $2.2 trillion a year. Now this comes from a new study by Gallup and was written on in September of 2020. According to the U.S. Department of Education, 54% of United States adults, 16 to 74 years old, about 130 million people lack proficiency in literacy, reading below the equivalent of a sixth grade level. Consider that number represents more than half the adult U.S. population. It's a shocking number for several reasons. Dollars and cents implications are enormous because literacy is correlated with several important outcomes such as personal income, employment levels, health, and overall economic growth. Now where this $2.2 trillion comes from is saying that if all U.S. adults were able to move up to at least level three of literacy proficiency, it would generate an additional 2.2 trillion in annual income for the country, equal to 10 percent of the GDP, the gross domestic product. Now you can read more um, about this literacy. Crisis. Um, I implore you to look it up um, and, and research it. Uh, it's really, really profound. I can just keep throwing numbers out there, um, but it can fall on deaf ears. I, I fear. But just, just truly think on that and how much money that is. For me, it's it's hard to talk about literacy and directly to to money like that because reading goes so much further than that. That, that's just a way of kind of bringing others on board. (laughs) Um, because let's face it at the, you know, we're in a, a capitalist society. It's what we have to, to live within. And for a lot, um, of people, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense to, to do anything about. So when we talk about it, in terms of of dollars and cents, um, it will inevitably bring more people on board um, with this initiative to get more people reading. Um, seeing this annual day since ninety eight, you know they started to see then the trajectory of literacy rates um and to see you know this day and world book day both start in my lifetime world book day started in 95 i was 5 years old this starting when I, when I was 8 years old um and then becoming a writer myself um feeling very passionate about this uh and as an author i know how difficult it is to try to to get people to read um and that's just for leisure you know we're talking about reading to, to better your physical health, emotional health, your social well-being. There's so much more that reading can provide that that really can't be provided in other media, that can't be provided on a phone screen, that can't be provided watching television or watching a TV. There is this sense of escapism that happens when you're reading, and when I say that in '98 that that experience happened really for the first time that I can consciously remember, you know, um, it's so profound. It just the benefits of literacy goes so far beyond someone's earning ability. Literacy supports social, and according you know, to this article, Literacy supports social, physical, and emotional well-being, and it affects everything from crime rates to hospital admissions to self-esteem and emotional well-being. That is why I'm writing. It's to release this frustration, this anger, this depression, this anxiety, whatever difficult emotion you're dealing with writing helps. And I've always pushed for writing, but on the other side of that is reading, you know, can only write as good as we read. Um, and so as a writer, I'm constantly trying to get that stimulation of different sources, trying to read as much as possible. And I get it. It's very difficult to make time. Even if you schedule it out, there's always stuff that, that comes up, that pops up. Totally get it. I'm not, I could be better. I could definitely be better at reading. I try to, to be more diligent with reading. Um, but the literacy is, is there when I do want to read and read difficult texts. Um, and I want to see others experience that kind of joy that I feel is is deeply missing, especially with the youth. And emotional well-being that is that is the goal there for me that's that's why i'm writing and it's then trying to get readers to face hard truths with me which is another reason why i i try to break that fourth wall as i'm trying to aim my words directly at the reader just as i directly aim them at myself first and to think about their individual situation that's why i end that first poem the way that i do you know this is my bleese exposed for the first time i hope it's ready are you are you ready to not only see me expose my all of my vulnerabilities through these characters and witnessing all of these characters you know be brought even if they've gone past the moment um, that was really traumatizing for them breezy has that ability to bring them back there he brings them back to some of the most well the most traumatic experiences of that individual's life that is his superpower he's able to to grab another being's hand and when he locks eyes with them They're transported, you know, into this dreamlike state. And it's really that Orson Welles rosebud moment, you know, that really changes that character. And these are complex characters. It's not just one moment. It's, you know, several different moments. But going back there and getting them to experience it again from a different perspective. They're, They're going through that that harsh memory and we all have it to one degree or another. Um, And what the great thing is with writing is that you can cross lines that you can't cross in your real life. It's only limited by your imagination, you know, and reading is that you can, read things that you wouldn't be able to see on screen. And I get it. Reading, it's boring compared to scrolling through social media or watching video after video. Why would I want to look at these boring words when I can just watch the movie? (laughs) Why would I read the book when I can just watch the movie? But I think it can really help to slow reality down a bit. We're in this fast paced digital age. And it's reading that can really slow it down. And really, if you're wanting that escape that you get when you watch TV, you can have that when you're reading. And it takes time. It's like anything that you do, you're not going to be great at it at first. It's going to take time to build up, you know, the speed to read. Um, It's a process if you can stay diligent with it, it can really take you places mentally. Um, just read for leisure. Read anything you want. Anything you want is out there. Anything that sparks your interest. And then some will say, especially today, I have ADD. I can't sit down and read. Okay, then listen to an audio book and follow along the words on an ebook or something. And and it's we have to decipher here between actual people with ADD and people who are self-diagnosing themselves with ADD. You know, how many would have said it 50 years ago? It didn't exist the way it does now where doctors are diagnosing people with it, whether they really have it or not. You know, is it to push these new drugs, creating a billion-dollar industry? Hmm. You know, Again, I'm not saying that there aren't genuine cases of ADD and ADHD. But I do think it has gotten way out of hand. Way out of hand. Now I go to a, any Twitter space and I'm always hearing someone say, "I have ADD, I have ADHD." Self-diagnosed, you know, or over way over diagnosed by doctors. And um, it's time to stop using it as a, a scapegoat and take some, take some responsibility for your actions, for your action to mindlessly go on social media, endlessly scrolling for years and years, not realizing the effects it's having on your mind through your thought processes, leading to this shortened attention span. But again, a conscious action you're taking where you can also be taking another conscious action just as easily. You can make a conscious action to read, which will then help with a more Focused attention. I would love to see more people read. The famous saying is get lost in a book. I like to say get found in a book, find yourself in a book, read about anything you want. That is the beauty of reading. There's an endless number of topics out there, let them inspire you. Yes, you can. You can go to your local library, pick out a book sit down on a nice, comfortable chair, and fucking read. Yes, it is that simple. No, ignore that bullshit excuse that just popped into your head. As to why you can't do that, ignore that bullshit-ass excuse, that knee-jerk to turn away and check your phone. Checking your phone has become this social blanket to warm you up against the cold awkwardness of the world. Why? I see so many out in public when they're just standing there at the street corner. Instead of just looking around their environment and taking it all in, they resort to checking their phone. Go to a Starbucks and look at all the people waiting for their order, how many of them are on their phone. Go to any line, look at how many people. At stoplights, they immediately check their phone. And he had some asshole behind them honking the horn, telling them to go because they're completely oblivious to the world around them. Completely oblivious. Maybe they like to be oblivious. Reality is just too harsh. It's better to live in a computerized algorithm of their choosing. They get to choose what they post. They get to choose who they follow and what they see. They get to tell the computer what they like to see and what they don't like to see. me. I like to know what goes on in this world and what humans know about the universe. I like to read about unanswered questions, unanswered questions we have about quantum physics. I like to know how great minds spend their time being a pie baby. This usually means trying to live as Albert Einstein lived, who spent a lot of time reading and writing. Warren Buffett, who spends over 90% of his day reading. And as Jim Quick likes to say, leaders are readers. If illusory money is your motive, then resort to the fact that proficient readers make more of it. But I like to go further than illusory currency that only exists in our minds. I look for emotional well-being, for creative inspiration. There are more people dead than there are living right now. And a lot of those people left words behind. I think it serves people not only in the present moment, but future generations to read and learn from them so that we can grow and progress. For leisure, I like to read books that have been made into films. That is my great passion. I love seeing the transition from written word to script to film shot. And granted, it's not always exactly as it was written. You have to have an open mind. I always find it funny when fans get pissed about changes. I think the only one who has a right to get upset is the original author If they are upset, then okay. Others can support them. But fans, shut the hell up. It's rarely ever going to be exactly the way it was written. That's just not how film works. In a book, you are only bound by your imagination. When you're making a film, there are so many more limitations put on the medium that it makes it nearly impossible to replicate the book exactly. Which is uh, something I keep in mind when um, I'm going to take Blease to the big screen. may not be exactly as I imagined, but given that it will be an animated film, it will be closer than it would be uh, if it were a live action film. And great writing makes for a great film. And to bring this back to reading, I would implore others to go find the script of some of their favorite films. It's an awesome experience. And you come to appreciate the actors that much more. The way they're able to take these written words and transcend them. Make them something more. Say them in a way that no other person can say them. For me, the best is when I read a book before it's made into a movie. And maybe I read the dialogue a certain way. I read the scene a certain way. And when you see it on film, it's delivered completely different. And it just blows your mind. You just accept it for what it is. You don't have this fixed mindset of, oh, I saw it this way. The way they did it is wrong. Like, no, it is what it is. Films do, you know, cause dreams. but reading really does it penetrates the imagination in ways a film screen can't the characters live inside your mind that voice inside your head as you read that the creepy characters seep deep read a stephen king novel the best to read when um talking about books that have been made into films i mean good one to go to good go to there and uh his writing also an inspiration for my dark character in Blees Skriller, a wickedly sinister Matridian beast who likes to psychologically torture his victims before mutilating them in the most mentally abusive way, most physically obtrusive way possible. And I throw you right into Skriller in that first chapter. It's meant to be shocking. The entire first chapter is meant to shock the reader. It's here to say, yeah, the title is Bleese, but fuck what you think that means. Here is Skriller. You're now on a free-floating planet, and you have no idea what that means, you little one-planet being. <laughs> Do you really know what it is to be set free? Skriller asks. Do as you please as long as you are with me. Look at these scars. Tell me I don't know what bloody pleasure is. Pain and torture. Oh, the two words are so seductive when inserted one before the other. I read that passage for no other reason to say whatever angst you have, whatever frustration you have, get it down on paper, let it out, write it out, pick up your phone. You have notes on your phone. Just start typing. If you're on your desktop, open up the notepad, whatever you have, whatever accessibility you have at this moment, go on Google, Google Docs, whatever it is. That's free. Get it out. That's where Skriller comes from. That frustration I was feeling. I wanted to cross that line that I couldn't and wouldn't cross in real life. Through Skriller and other characters in the novels, I was able to live limitless. And living limitless means no laws. And if there are laws, they're to be disregarded. Fuck them. When I'm writing on this free-floating planet, not a single person can touch me here. I can do as I please. Writing and reading are both equally important in this way. In this episode and previous episodes, I will forever try to push people to write. It doesn't matter if it's one word, just one word. Just that one word. I I just want you to open whatever app you have. One word. I don't care. You could just say fuck a blease. I don't care. The act of you doing that. Leaving that behind. Do it. Fucking do it. Tell me off. Put me in a story and kill me. I don't care. Live limitless in this writing. Write out your dreams of how you want to live your life, whatever that may look like. How do you want to be spending your time, your limited, finite time on this earth? How do you want to be living? What do you want to work on about yourself? What don't you like about yourself? What vulnerabilities do you have? You don't have to show anybody. It doesn't have to be for anybody. No one has to read it. No one has to see it. Write in a journal if you, you know, don't like the tech part of it. Put it in a journal. Get a black and white speckled journal and unleash. <laughs> but on this annual day, know that the writing is just as important as the reading. Again, you can only write as well as you read. And let this annual day read across America the birthday of Dr. Seuss be a reminder of this importance to read. And I'm going to bring this up again and again, but especially on World Book Day on April 23rd. But back to what this day is. It's to inspire children to dream big, expand the limits of their understanding and explore Diverse perspectives and cultures. If their parents aren't doing this, what do they have to look up to? It starts with the adults who will impact the next generation. The iPad is now the new digital pacifier. They just stick the iPad in front of their face. All is well. They aren't bothering me anymore. Damn the consequences. There's only right now and right here, baby. How socially awkward so many of these kids are now. You go to talk to them. They look at you like you're crazy. Then they look to their parents to hand them their iPad. Again, that digital blanket that warms them of the cold awkwardness of reality. Then they go on YouTube. You see the quick flashing animations just constantly capturing and enrapturing their attention for how many hours a day? Why not hand them a book to read? Get that reading process started early. Give them an ebook. and I'd say the use of the iPad is warranted, justified. Better than watching YouTube or anything else that's on there. Get them reading. But no, I know, this episode will fall on deaf ears. No one will care. Goes to the larger problem with this country that America is not into preventive measures. It's all reactionary, it's all a reaction. They won't even listen as kids are begging for their lives as they continue to experience mass shooting after mass shooting. Imagine some of those kids at Michigan State who have now gone through multiple mass shootings in their lifetime. They're 21 years old, 20 years old, and have already been through multiple mass shootings. Sandy Hook deeply. I mean, I think that traumatized the nation and what really traumatized me was the, the speech afterwards, you know, breaking down the president of the United States like that, um, to see him that way. Um, that was a punch in the gut. And I wrote about this in Blees' Paradox and to now be so many years later and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It's gotten worse. If that, yeah, I mean, if you want to say, yeah, there's been a change, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse since then. I won't get into it now. It's only to put in perspective the priorities of the adults today in 2023 and how it's been a result of malignant normalization. That has happened over decades. No one taking self-responsibility for their space and time in this universe. We're on a planet. We're conscious bacteria at best. We're a one planet species right now. Most of us will die having only been on one fucking planet. One planet. That's, that's so infantile, that's so small, that's so insignificant to the universe. Go further in your thoughts. Reading is a great way to do this. Go further than this four w- white walls, <laughs> than the, the four sides of the car, Walking down the street, whatever you may see, it's a, a way to go further. Have out-of-body experiences that can't be felt on a two-dimensional screen or even in a 3D metaverse. Reading. Take some self-responsibility for your space and time in this universe. Look in the mirror. Face those hard truths about yourself. Embrace that vulnerability, grow from it. You woke up today with that simple act, you're already more resilient than the day before if you choose to see it. Choose the next best step. That is all anyone can do. Choose the next best step, one step at a time. I could go on, but I fucking doubt anyone even makes it to this point in the episode probably tune out as soon as I brought up literacy rates and reading fucking typical. As soon as you fucking start talking about reading, they fucking tune out microwave attention span fucks. But if you did make it to this point, I truly appreciate you. And um, my frustration about this topic stems from the fact that I, sincerely care about it that much. And I'm so frustrated by seeing the effects of this and how much of it stems from a lack of reading and trying to at least come on some common common ground And learning and realizing that people can be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Everyone can be wrong at any given time, but it's recognizing when you're wrong. And now you're from a different standpoint to recognize that wrong. You That's that's growth. That's a growth mindset. It's not having a fixed mindset saying, this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. like. That's not growth. That's not adaptation. That's not evolution. That's counterintuitive. That's limiting. That's putting so many limits and just fighting progress at every step. Reading is so important. If you look at the history of literacy and democracy, The history of who they stopped from reading for hundreds of years. And when they were given a book to read, it was one fucking book, one book that they were given, not a variety of books, one book. People love to bring up 1984, the burning of books. It's because reading is that important. The USSR burning those books. Goebbels, Hitler, Putin. They all know the power of reading, power of writing, self-expression. It's so vital. First Amendment, it's that vital. Reading and writing, reading and writing is so vital. And fundamental for a democratized and free, as it can be, society. So if you did make it to this point, just know I truly appreciate you. And if you feel the same, please leave a comment on whatever platform you are listening on. Drop a like and a follow. It's a free way to support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week as we continue to go further together one step at a time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and comment. It's free to support. A like and a share goes a long way. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks available at bleast.com. Let's go further together. One step at a time. See you next week.